IPCC report that came out this week um, suggests that around three and a half billion people um, live in contexts that are highly vulnerable to climate change. Three and a half billion people. And that's half the people on the planet. And, and, and therefore, my faith compels me to do something to prevent climate change and, and try to reverse it. Welcome to the Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe that since we are truly image bearers of God, we should act like it, living out love for one another in actions and in truth. Since we are image bearers of God, we won't stand by while our neighbours are trapped in poverty and we won't stay idle as creation is left untended and inequality is left to fester. In this podcast, we're going to go on a journey together of discovering a theology of creation care. We'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with industry leaders, theologians and practitioners and hearing from some of our incredible partners who are working on the ground. Join us this season as we learn about creation care and what we can do in our own lives to play part in a much bigger restorative story. So hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the Renewal World podcast and we're just going into the season of Lent um, at the time of recording. Yesterday was um, Ash Wednesday and the day before that was the day where hopefully some of you had some nice pancakes, um, maybe some gluten-free pancakes, maybe some vegan pancakes along the way. Um, but uh, yeah, we're as we go into this sort of Lenten period uh, at Renewal World, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of um, low-carbon lifestyles and um, reducing our sort of emissions. And um, yeah, that's sort of a theme we're going to go on during the season of Lent over the next um, couple of weeks leading into, into Easter. And on that sort of note today, I'm really um, delighted to have Tom Brayfield with us, and he's going to be chatting to uh, chatting to us about this very topic of sort of decarbonisation and lowering, um, I guess, lowering our emissions. And uh, yeah, Tom, uh, very, very, uh, very happy to have you with us on the podcast today. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to great to have you. Um, well, let's let's. I mean, to kick us kick us off, then, Tom, who are you, and what do you do? So yeah, I'm I'm Tom. Um, I live in Durham in the northeast of England with my wife Esther. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer by background, and but I'm now also a chartered environmentalist um, in in County Durham and in the region. I'm working to reduce emissions across the system. Um, so I work on projects, technical projects, to reduce emissions uh, by installing renewable energy, um, by working on low carbon heating systems, by uh, helping with electric vehicle provision, um, but also outside of work, I'm trying to help and assist people to reduce their emissions in everyday life so i love this this lentil lenten theme of of uh, low carbon lifestyles that's that sounds great to me yeah and hopefully people can understand where we're coming from that we're not saying you know low carbon living is just for lent you know just for these 40 days but i guess it's a good period maybe to think about these things a bit deeper and hopefully make changes that uh, that last um last a lifestyle like a lifetime i guess because that's, that's sort of what we what we need isn't it um yeah that's really interesting so you're kind of coming up coming at it from a um even like a, a council point of view local council point of view and yeah how do you how do you find that in terms of the differences maybe between um engaging with these topics in like a private sector or even a charity sector do you feel like there's much of a difference is there is it uh, yeah what, what would be the main differences maybe that's a really good question um I guess in a private sector, people are paying an organization to come up with a technical solution to reduce their emissions. As a local authority, we we have emissions uh, that 
that yeah everyone everyone kind of takes part of so yeah everyone's bins are collected by by uh, the public sector and but they're powered by diesel engine vehicles that are producing a huge amount of emissions so mm-hmm. so what is it that we can do as a society which says these emissions that are, are, are baked into our systems how do we reduce them um is is, is the kind of work that I'm, that I'm working on is is that that systemic change across a county that means that we can live 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 lower carbon without um yeah without really realizing um i must admit though when you work for a local authority as soon as you say that um people get very very angry and opinionated uh, mm-hmm. which is really interesting and um all of a sudden yeah every problem that has ever happened in their local area is your fault um, yeah so so yeah, I found that quite interesting. Going from from the private sector to the public sector is quite is quite an interesting change, um, and something I'm still getting used to. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of outside of work, I do a little bit of um, sort of political campaign and in, in a local politics kind of kind of setting, and uh, yeah, that's definitely sort of the approach, isn't it? You sort of you're there to to look after people in in various different ways. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I was at a public meeting this week, and someone asked me why a decision from the 1980s was made, and I thought mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't even born then. Well, yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah. are you even asking me that? <laughs> yeah, it was anyway, your fault, Tom. It was your fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. <laughs> and maybe, maybe Tom, maybe um, we could move into so, like, what would be like the source of your passion um, for this sort of low carbon, low carbon lifestyles, low carbon living? What's what sort of drives that within you? Yeah, yeah, great question. Uh, I guess um, if I go back to kind of first principles about what pushes me, what what kind of uh, compels me, it, it's it's a passion that comes from my faith. Um, if we're called to love one another, if we're called to love our neighbour, if we're called to bless those who persecute us, if we're called to pray for our enemies, then my eyes are lifted away from just me, um, but they're lifted to the plight of people on my street, but also neighbours all, all across the country and all around the world. Um, so why is that important for low carbon lifestyle i guess um if if our if our decisions impact our neighbors in any way then i need to do something about that i need to do something about the life i'm living um and as from a technical perspective as i started to understand more and more the reality of climate change so uh the emissions that we have uh caused in in the uk and in the west and, and all around the world uh, is going to cause impacts that will include severe weather crop failure sea level rise extreme heat water shortage, food insecurity, things that are really going to impact the lives of millions of people, billions of people. Um, and if that, that meant that I started to understand my role as a global, in the global neighborhood, as a, as a neighbor of, of people all around the world, then that means I need to deal with my own emissions. And that means, mm-hmm. means I need to work to, to help reduce other people, uh, deal with their emissions and to reduce emissions on behalf of others, um, as well as campaigning for change. So, so I think that, that, that kind of, understanding the two things that that i'm called to help uh, i'm called to love my neighbor but also if if climate change is going to exacerbate poverty if it's going to make living situations worse if it's going to risk people's lives then i then i really do need to do something about it um mm-hmm. we're, yeah we're talking at the start of march and the ipcc report that came out this week um suggests that around three and a half billion people um live in contexts that are highly vulnerable to climate change mm-hmm. sorry th- i think i said billion but i'll say it again three and a half billion people and that's half the people on the planet and 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 therefore my faith compels me to do something mm-hmm. to prevent climate change and and try to reverse it yeah and, and i guess and i guess um even more technically as as my kind of career developed over the last 10 years where as i gained expertise on how we reduce emissions specifically in buildings 
as my passion kind of grew and to some extent my calling grew um it it's all come together quite nicely that i am passionate about reducing emissions um uh, i i'm called through my faith about reducing emissions but i also have the expertise to do that mm-hmm. so um so yeah working on this stuff is, is is both an essential part of my faith and also where my where my career has led me so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a really exciting place to work now yeah i love that that's a real that's a really really great way of of seeing things and you can kind of t- i guess i can kind of tell from answer that you've taught you've taught about these things and yeah. um your faith has informed these kind of things as well yeah that's really, really i've cool got now i've now got something like a forty-five thousand word document on my computer that uh that is all my thoughts on this that um, i'm sure is not <laughs> it's not of any quality that will ever become anything other than a document on my computer but i've i've ranted to myself which is which is always helpful yeah a great place to put some thoughts down and then you can you can keep the sort of more incoherent thoughts on the paper and then when you're able to verbalize these things they're a little bit more straightforward perfect um, and I guess probably that takes me to maybe chatting a little bit more about your sort of your expertise then and sort of the areas um, which you which you've got some some knowledge in. But I, I suppose maybe this isn't the right way of framing it, or or to maybe it's a, maybe we need to frame it in a different way. But what would you say are like maybe some of the quickest and easiest ways that people can decarbonize, or or is is that even the right way of, of approaching it? That that's a question that gets asked a lot, um, and I have that, those kind of conversations quite a lot because we want a quick way out to this problem we want to to be able to solve the problem really quickly but I, i'd almost want to stop the question there and um, if we're really going to respond to the climate emergency properly then we we need drastic changes and they're not quick or easy um i guess there are some simple things that we can do to reduce our emissions and simple ways of thinking that we can do when we think about emissions and um, mm-hmm. so if we're aware of our emissions if, if we're aware of where they're coming from then we can then work to reduce them so taking a note of every litre of petrol or diesel that we burn in a car, every kilowatt hour of gas we burn, every kilowatt hour of electricity we use is, is a really helpful way to understand um, our emissions and, and therefore understand where we need to concentrate in responding to them. Mm-hmm. And if you start thinking about in normal life, okay, I could drive to the shops, but I'm going to emit some CO2 to do that. It might take me half an hour to walk there, but I'm not going to emit CO2 to do that. Then that's a really good way of starting to be really conscious about our everyday lives. So, so I think that's that conscious emitting that is the, is the quick and easy way to decarbonize is just being you know, really conscious of everything that we're doing and the impacts that every step has. So, mm-hmm. so for me, understanding where our emissions come from is, is a really key start of, to making a change. There are loads of tools around that can help. Um, but I would really encourage instead of it being a, a quick and easy overnight thing, it's do the hard work, mm-hmm. take that first step of understanding how we're going to mitigate climate change and take, mm-hmm. take, that, take that step of saying, this is what I'm responsible for and this is what I can, I can control. So mm. I think, yeah, it's not going to reduce your emissions overnight, but it's going to help you make the right decisions o- over time. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's really great. Um, and that reminds me, I think it's worth saying, I think with this episode that contextually we are thinking in a somewhat, I guess, developed context, you know, so we're talking about a context where people will have access to cars and are, are you know, yeah, working out, do I get the bus or do I drive the car to the supermarket and um, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I think, I think it's worth contextualizing that for this, for this sort of chat today for people who are listening, you know. Definitely. Um, and, and, my, and my context is UK based. I'm, I'm one of the, the um, I'm a homeboy, you know, I very yeah. rarely get, go outside of the UK. So um, I, I yeah, apologize to the international listeners that I don't necessarily know your context, but I think there are probably similar um, 
uh, yeah, similar similar lessons in, in all around the world about where our mm-hmm. mission is going to come from. And I, and I guess that they're, they're from three major areas or four major areas, maybe, which is which is power, which is heat transport and then the things we consume and and yeah that's universal we can yeah. we can do something about those things in a, in any setting um my 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 understanding is in the uk but they'll be similar elsewhere i'm sure yeah totally yeah that's that's great yeah um and i guess that probably leads on to leads leads well onto the next question like you know what what should our priority be in reducing emissions like is is it those four areas where which you outlined there yeah yeah i think i think broadly yes but i think two of those areas are the big challenges um mm-hmm. So uh, in the UK, the big challenge are going to be how we get around in a low carbon way and how we heat our buildings in a low carbon way. To some extent, our electricity uh, will sort itself out. There are plans and there is investment in place to reduce electrical emissions on our behalf. We don't mm-hmm. almost don't need to worry about that. But for heat and transport, it's a bit different. Um, we need to put the hard work, the investment, um, et cetera, into thinking about how we heat our homes without emissions. Mm-hmm. And there is a solution. Uh, that we can install now that works in majority of homes that will reduce emissions overnight that we should be doing the hard work to work out how to install and that's um in the form of a heat pump so i think i think in terms of our heating heating emissions we do we do have that step we can take um, mm-hmm. and there's an awful lot of media comment column inches about heat pumps um but that will say that yeah a daily mail headline that will say um Heat pumps only work in special special homes with with perfect insulation. But there's a study, a scientific study by Energy Energy Systems Catapult that says that heat pumps can work in any t- home type. And, mm-hmm. and within that study, there were Victorian homes that a heat mm-hmm. pump can heat. If a heat pump is sized correctly, if it's installed well, then it can heat any any building. Um, and I've worked on projects from a domestic scale to a leisure center that is now heated entirely mm-hmm. by 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 heat pumps. Um, so I would really encourage uh, individuals, uh, if heat pumps are the only, for the foreseeable future, if they're, they're our only hope to reduce our emissions, it links to heat, I would really encourage people to plan for replacing a natural mm. gas or an oil-fired boiler. Um, it, we Really, we should be doing what we need. We should be putting the effort into understand what would be required to facilitate a heat pump and put things in place so that we can make that change when the opportunity comes along and, mm-hmm. and really putting those putting that effort in early uh, even if it's not going to happen this year or the next couple of years but put, put, putting the effort in to work out what needs to happen um to, to replace a boiler with 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 the low carb the only low carbon alternative today which is a heat pump mm-hmm. and then that other issue that i think is a big challenge it, transport how we get around and how we move things around um if we know that every time we turn on a car we're burning a fossil um then we should move away from private car ownership as much as possible we mm. should. And there, are, there are really simple things there, but we should walk. We should ride a bike. We should use public transport, and we should c- campaign for better and cheaper public transport where we live, so other people can use it too. But if we, um, yeah, if we're conscious that every time we use a car, we are producing emis- emissions, and we're conscious about that, then, then mm. I think we can make better decisions every time. Yeah. If we really need a private car, and a big if then we could look at buying an electric vehicle um, or, mm-hmm. or using an electric vehicle as part of a car club or, or as a car hire. But, but that's all after, that's after trying everything else first. Every mile yeah. of voyage yeah. in a car is, is, a, is a big win. Um, yeah, that's really good. I, wonder, I, just, I just have a couple of questions even on the heat pump side of things. So I, I think I had really misconceived that heat pumps were just about heating the water in your house, right? But heat pumps can um, do central heating as well, can they? Or, or how does that work? 
definitely and actually probably a bit more work more efficiently with central heating than they would just just with water but yes yeah, so, mm-hmm. i mean it, it works um uh let's go let's go into the technical detail here but basically sure, it, it's it. extracting heat from a source which it, for most heat pumps will be the air um using that heat to 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 uh to heat up a refrigerant we then use a little bit of electricity to compress that refrigerant and concentrate the heat and then we deliver that heat into water whether it's in a hot water tank or in a radiator circuit or underfloor heating so so it's moving it's just it's pumping heat it's moving heat in the same way a fridge or a freezer does but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 taking heat from outside and putting it into a into a water circuit so um we have a heat pump at home um the radiator is in our home of very very normal size uh when we had our heat pump installed, we, we, we now feel more comfortable in our house than we did with our gas boiler. That's probably mm-hmm. because I didn't want to use the gas boiler at all. And I'm yeah, happy yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this, it's this white box that sits outside our back door that mm-hmm. uh, is, is not burning anything. It's just blowing air and we don't really notice it. It, and it is giving us our heat and that, and that makes me smile every time I think about it. Almost it's, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so exciting that in, in that respect, um, there are, there are other forms of heat pumps. So, where they take the t- where you might be taking heat from water, which we tend to call a ground source heat pump, but mm-hmm. it's basically taking heat from water that is that is either flowing in the ground as a closed loop or or water in the ground, um, to to take heat out of the ground. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, that that they're, they're the same technology, taking heat from one place and putting it into somewhere else. And okay. and there are a few varieties of that technology, but but um, yeah, they're 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 a magical technology. I love them. Great, fantastic. Nice. We we probably could have done a whole episode just on heat pumps then, but we'll um we'll endeavour to look at some other other topics as well um today. Um, well, I suppose it actually does sort of lead in sort of nicely to a question I have as well around even the cost of living, right? So that's quite a topical conversation at the moment. Um, I'm currently dreading when I get my next sort of electricity or gas bill in, right? Because you're sort of like the prices have all gone up, and certainly this is going to be something that's going to rumble on for a while. Um, considering the sort of geopolitical context at the moment with, um, you know, Russia supplying 40% of um, the European continent's gas. Obviously, in the UK and, and Ireland, I guess, um, our gas comes from somewhat different different places, more sort of the North Sea and Scandinavia and, um, and different places. But certainly, um, going forward, you know, we probably we, there'll be sort of a European sort of gas sharing potential that could happen um, in order to mitigate against the effects of um, re- reduction in supply from Russia. And, and obviously that's just one aspect to the, the, the cost of living going up. But yeah, so I, I suppose tying that into a conversation around reducing our emissions at the same time. Um, yeah, is there any, any tips that you might have for people that might help them A, reduce their cost of living, but also their emissions? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's really good to jo- join those things up. And they really are two sides of the same coin. So I think uh, energy has been so cheap traditionally that we don't really mind using loads um, and therefore emitting loads. But, but I, I mean, we got a, a quote for our tariff that's going to renew in a month's time and electricity prices for us have gone up 240% and our gas price have gone up 330%. We don't use much gas anymore. We're just for a gas hub because we've got a heat pump, but, but, but 330% rise on, on someone's heating bills is, is huge. And it's mm. really going to impact how we live. Um, and it's going to really going to make thousands of people experience uh, risk experiencing fuel poverty in 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 the UK, and that's and that's a big worry. Um, so it's quite a frightening situation. Um, and and you're right with the news of of of, of the war in Ukraine. 
um, there doesn't look like much chance that prices are going to reduce. And, and, I, and I would say, even though in the UK and, and Ireland, we don't get much gas from, from, from Russia directly. It's something like 4% of our gas is from Russia. Um, every meters cubed of gas we don't use means there's, there's, there's less required from Russia elsewhere in mm-hmm. Europe. So mm-hmm. we are, we are joined up in that respect. So uh, yeah, it's a big win. Uh, one of the things that we, there's uh, an amazing little poster I've seen going around the internet, which is, um, stand up to P- Putin install a heat pump and and yeah. almost that, that, <laughs> that, that idea of actually if we if we use less gas then we're mm-hmm. we are acting on this international crisis in a big way we're, we're stopping to we're we're fun we're not we're, we're preventing funding this this war in many ways because mm-hmm. that's where a lot mm-hmm. of these incomes comes from yeah totally. so every kilowatt hour of gas and electricity we can save will really help our pocket as well as help our emissions so um i i think and yeah, we start we start to get to the, the kind of crux of the matter here is that is that none of these things are are, are overnight or quick solutions. Um, making a big change in how much energy we use is mm-hmm. is a is 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 a several month if not year project. Um, there are a couple of simple things that I'd encourage you to do. And if and if you're listening to this podcast at home now and you've got us in your in your earphones doing chores, you could get up and wander over to your boiler. And you could have a look at it, at the boiler and just just to understand if it's working as efficiently as possible. So, most of the boilers in the UK are are a condensing type, um, and that means that uh, they cu- they could be very high efficiency. Um, but most of the boilers in the UK are set to ru- so the radiator temperature is at, at eighty degrees, which means we have these really hot radiators and our home heats up really quickly. Um, the high efficiency of a condensing boiler only really happens if the if if our radiators are set below sixty degrees. Mm-hmm. So you might you may well be able to turn your the, the little dial that has got a radiator symbol on it, or or it might be a bit more complicated than that. But you might be able to turn that down to below sixty, or even better below fifty. And that if if you're coming from eighty, that will give you a five or ten percent reduction in the amount of gas you use. It won't mm-hmm. make you any less comfortable. It will it will just mean that your boiler is working uh, more efficiently. And, yeah. and I think that's something that we could all do really quickly. Um, to to help our pockets, our emissions, and to help stand up to Putin. Um, if you want more inform- information on that, I recommend googling a website called heatinghub.co.uk. Um, mm-hmm. They've got some really helpful resource on that. Um, but but then but then we need to think again, think a bit bit bigger. Um, so checking how well, well insulated our home is really could help. So we're reducing the need for heat in the first place. Mm-hmm. Could you add insulation into your loft? Could you buy a few rolls of, of fiberglass insulation or, or whatever it would be from the local DIY shop? Could you install it yourself? Um, or could you reduce the drafts that are around windows and doors? Could you just do something to prevent heat loss in the home? Every mm-hmm. little helps in that respect. And, it w- and everything we can do to reduce the need for heat um, is a really positive step. And then I guess the other part of the cost of living crisis will be the electricity we use, which tends to be much more expensive than the gas we use. But, but, um, uh, so, so how do we work out, how do we reduce, reduce the electricity we use? And, and in the UK, we have a thing called a smart meter, which, which, uh, has been very slowly rolling out to everyone, but, um, more and more of us have got them. And, that, and actually, I think they're really useful tools to understand. Hang on a minute. I've got nothing switched on here, but I'm still using loads of electricity. What's, ha- what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and and doing the hard work around a home or a community center or wherever it would be to, to find those things that that we're wasting that we don't need and a smart meter will, will probably be able to tell you that straight away by just checking the 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 um the electricity you're using overnight um and then there's some there's some ste- steps to improve the efficiency of the of, of the things that use electricity so changing any traditional lights to to 
to LED lights. They last longer. They use a substantial amount of less energy, maybe 90% less energy, and they will pay pay for themselves and reduce mm-hmm. costs. Um, but yeah, thinking about how we um, thinking about the being yeah, being conscious and being and and thinking that energy is precious every single kilowatt hour we use of electricity or gas mm-hmm. then then actually we can we can make a big step to to reducing reducing our our bills and reducing our emissions um yeah i think it, it's we're all going to feel it over this next year um whether we're whether we uh have more money than we can know what to do with or whether mm-hmm. we, we we're, we're struggling at the end of each month we're all going to experience a, a significant increase in our in our bills and we will all notice it so anything we can do um, to reduce how much we need will reduce the cost for everyone but mm. also will reduce will reduce the cost uh, for us each month yeah that's really good um this is this is a slightly different question that um you may, you may or may not um know the answer to but what what are your thoughts on sort of carbon taxes right so they're they're sort of coming up in the news a little bit more as well as we think about how to change behavior um you know the government putting um, a carbon tax on, on certainly fossil fuels um, is, is one sort of um, is one way of doing things and you know, you, you hope then that that changes the behavior of people and obviously there are different ways in which then the government can then use that revenue you'd, you'd ideally want them to use that revenue to invest in public transport right so um, like you said earlier using that money from the carbon taxes um, that maybe we would increase you know you, you know fuel at the at the pump but that goes then to the government actually maybe put money in rural bus routes, for example, um, so that everyone has access to it. Yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on on carbon taxes and how well they work, or are there, are there other options out there? Do you think? I, I, yeah, I, I think carbon ta- carbon taxes are a really interesting thing of how we change our system so that we can be a low carbon society. In, in reality, we've had a carbon tax on our electricity bills for the past 10, 15 years, which which has paid for a lot of the renewable energy in our in our in our country. So. Um, yeah, the feed-in tariff scheme that, that that was quite lucrative for solar panels was paid for by all of our bills. Basically, 25% of our bills will, will be a tax, which is, yeah, environmental and social obligations that need to go, that are mm-hmm. used around the country for fuel poverty and for renewable energy. So we've already had that. And the, the issue now is that electricity has, because of renewable energy and because the shift away from coal, electricity is now not very polluting. Um, mm-hmm. But we still have a you could call it a carbon tax on that electricity. So if we were to move that onto the polluting things and that, that would encourage us to move away from fossil fuels in, in, in a, in a big way. Um, uh, and I guess um, I did have one more thing to say, but I couldn't remember what it was. So, I, but I think carbon tax is, tax is positive. There is a mm-hmm. risk when it's, when it's on domestic fuel, like natural gas or domestic fuel, like, like, like petrol that, that we, we push more people into fuel mm-hmm. poverty before mm-hmm. we before we um, take them to a low carbon future, um, and so to some to some extent on domestic bills etc. I would I would almost encourage that kind of tax to be removed completely and just put into general taxation so the investment still happens so that we invest in in yeah public service public bus services like like you mentioned but also in insulating our our, our buildings properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that should be probably come from general taxation so that energy is cheap, is cheap cheaper for us, particularly mm-hmm. electricity is cheaper mm-hmm. for us to use uh, as a low carbon fuel source. Um, but in terms of industry and big emitters, I think, yeah, definitely. If, if it was more expensive for a industrial process to use energy um, and actually a low carbon version was cheaper, they would do it straight away. 
they would do mm-hmm. it straight they would make that investment straight away um, and and actually that's a that's a policy thing that we could do we could as a, a society make that decision to make um fossil fuels more expensive than than renewable energy and and let's be honest we we currently subsidize fossil fuels in the uk so mm-hmm. north, north the north sea oil and gas industry is subsidized so that we can get get tax revenue out of the sale of that oil and gas mm-hmm. um and actually the state is pe- will pay for de- decommissioning wells in the in the north sea so we should we should be really clear that we're currently taxing low carbon energy in, in the form of electricity and we're subsidizing fossil fuels and that that's that's what we do as a society now yeah um and and we could we could change that um through campaigning through policy through 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 some kind of economic instrument you know we should do it definitely yeah that's really great um maybe just to to wrap up our conversation then we've chatted a lot about maybe what people can do as individuals um in, in terms of their housing um and yeah gas electricity public transport um things like that but Thinking more than from a community point of view and, and particularly thinking about churches who want to take some of these steps as well. Um, yeah, I guess I wonder if you've got any, any sort of tips on how communities or churches can decarbonize. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this as a, as a prospect because um, there isn't any, there aren't many places at the moment where, where, that could be a hub for the local community that could resource the local community to make positive decisions. So uh, church and community buildings tend to be really low emissions anyway, maybe because they're used infrequently, but mostly because they're used efficiently. Like we, we use a, a small meeting room in these spaces, we use it properly and we, we have full full coffee mornings or we'll have full kids clubs or whatever it would be. Um, but the thing that's missing in, in most communities is is resourcing and impacting that community to help help them reduce emissions. So for a church, could instead of having a... a, a another talk on um I'm, uh, yeah i probably should, uh, i probably should be kinder to churches here but anyway yeah. instead of having a, a traditional church talk um that that we've all heard a lot could we one one week invite a local expert on heat pumps or on solar pv or on electric vehicles or on sustainable travel or, or on retrofitting our homes to speak to a community host their community event that that invites the whole community and and so a, so a church and a community could become a come a hope for resourcing the decarbonization of that community um uh, so there will be people in the community that could do that talk there will be people in the local authority near you that would be thrilled to to have that invite and and who actively work on that kind of engagement and there may be a local contractor that is trying to make some money out of your community but they'd be really interested in helping that transition because there's potentially uh, work for them there being a place of resourcing and signposting could have a massive impact on how our our local areas, our neighbourhoods operate. But then other than that, it's it's the same answer to the domestic side of things, putting the hard work in to understand how, where our emissions are and what we can do about them um, and what steps we can take to reduce our, our reliance on fossil fuels is, is key. It's not easy. It's not simple, but it, but it really is essential. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I guess for churches, I know that, the Church of England is working on a project to try and come up with a, a model about how to decarbonize a city centre church, how to decarbonize mm-hmm. a suburban church, how to decarbonize a rural church, and 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 I hope that that will come up with a here's a a one size fits all project that we could do across churches across the all, our whole our whole nation. Um, but but yeah, these buildings are ain't, sometimes ancient, beautiful heritage mm-hmm. buildings that we don't mm-hmm. really want to mess with. So 
decarbonizing them is is a big challenge um it's probably not the first challenge we need to do you know it, it probably comes at the end at the end of the process yeah but, um but being a hub for for resourcing i think is a, is a really big opportunity yeah 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 super tom well i've, I've really enjoyed our chat um today and yeah really really enjoyed diving into this topic and i certainly have um some things i want to take away and, and have a think about and yeah i guess i'd really encourage listeners to this episode and people who are going to follow the renewal world sort of social media channels over the next couple of weeks and during Lent do do try and put some of these things into action you know what what can you what can you try even particularly over these next give yourself a sort of a challenge over the next couple of couple of weeks in the lead up to Easter what sort of things could you implement um, is a time to start thinking about a heat pump um, maybe for Lent can you figure out like how do I um, during these couple of weeks how do I reduce the amount of time I spend in my car and then um, try and keep that up beyond um, Easter, you know, things like that. So we would love to, to hear from you and how you get on with that sort of low emissions challenge. Do do drop us an email, you know, reply to some of our social media um, channels. We'd love to hear how people are getting on with that sort of challenge over the next couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I guess all that's left to say is thanks, Tom. It's been, it's been great chatting to you. And, thanks for um, having me. Uh, if, if people want to follow up on anything or ask anything more, then, then I'm really available to chat chat things through. So just follow up on, on Tom underscore Bray on Twitter. I'm, I'd be really happy to have a conversation for you. Yeah, super. Yeah, please do. Please do get a hold of Tom. And um, can I say slide into your DMs? I don't know. Is that like sort of... Is that, is very that, welcome yeah, to. Very, very welcome to. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, thank you, Tom. And um, we look forward to um, continuing the conversation over the next couple of weeks. Um, but apart from that, that's uh, that's it for today and uh, we'll see you next time well thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Renew Our World podcast to learn more about the Renew Our World campaign or to hear about some of the work that our partners are doing make sure you jump on over to our website at renewourworld.net and if you like what you heard today make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a podcast episode again Mm -hmm.